When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, extra long delay. Never really sure. It's the it's the old college DJ in me. I don't really want to trod on the intro of the song. Uh, sorry for that delay, but it is Sox Populi 147. It's been a while. Hey, good to see all of your friendly faces again out there. Thanks for tuning in with us. It's another really happy, very optimistic, uh, super excited White Sox podcast here on the Fans for Sports Network uh, because we are, well, I've titled it for our my my four guests here with me tearing down the rebuild i don't know if we're going to do that some some folks here on the panel might say no 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 build 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 i know adrian serrano who's not with us uh speculates that they might actually white Sox might actually buy at the trade deadline i would be really interested to to learn his thinking behind that and we're probably going to address this again between now and the actual trade deadline so he'll have a chance to explain why the 23 and 35 Chicago White Sox are going to build in 2023. All right, some quick notes right off the top before we sort of speed round it to start in the first half of this podcast. White Sox 23 and 35, that's a 397 winning percentage. 397. Did you think winning percentages went that low? They do because the White Sox have that one. There are two teams in baseball worse the Chicago White Sox. Can you guess who they are? Well, the Oakland A's, of course. Everybody's punching bag these days. Let's kick around the A's some more. The Las Vegas A's are clearly the worst in baseball. Kansas City Royals, the only other team worse than the Chicago White Sox. I could get my numbers wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Joe Reese's isn't here to correct me. But that projects to a 64-98 and 98 record. It's not the worst the White Sox have ever been, but it's going to be in the top 10. Pythagorean record. Actually, the White Sox run differential a little bit better. Telling me that Pedro maybe isn't doing that great a job, but we sort of knew that. I know Maliki definitely uh, um, feels that way. Uh, 66 and 96. So a little bit better. It's <laughs> just 96 losses uh, if you're just going to take it that way. Minus 55 run differential. It's actually third in the division, which tells you about the American League Central. But white flag rememberers, the White Sox are only six and a half games out of first place. Maybe we'll address that. Maybe we won't. Uh, so those are the stats. That's the backdrop of this podcast where I dare suggest the White Sox need to begin to tear down this rebuild or break the content or, or I don't know, paper over the contention window, uh, whatever it is. Okay, we're boarding it up. The hurricanes are coming. Well, it's here because they have a 397 winning percentage. Hey, I'm Brett Ballantini. Thanks for being here with us. We got Tommy Barbie. Tommy Barbie. Tommy Barbie's with us. Dante Jones, fresh off of a two-home run Shohei Otani game. So he's got the buzz going. I don't know what his crazy ideas are going to be. They might be a little bit crazier than what it might be had he not seen that game. Uh, the goal was to go see Shohei Otani, and you got the perfect Shohei Otani game there, Dante. Maybe we'll get a chance to let him sort of riff on that because we need, like, good, good talk about the White Sox these days, even when we're not actually talking about the White Sox. Uh, Maliki Hayes and Ryan also with us. Uh, here on this uh, round round of podcast, we're going to speed round it first. We're going to do a little bit of reverse here. We're not going to try and jam it in at the end. We're going to go up top. I just want to know from everybody. We'll go around in whatever order. I'll figure it out. 
I get to play uh, quiz master here. Uh, what are you going to do with these guys? Okay. And the first person, basically guys, club options, a lot of club options next year and free agents, free agents are probably all gone, but uh, we'll address them. The one guy who doesn't fall under that category, I'm going to start off with him because uh, he's such a flashpoint. People just <laughs> love to diss him. And, and maybe at $24 million next year, the disses are worth it. Point two war. It's Johan Moncada. Uh, is he a guy that you try to trade the deadline to get maybe a little bit of something for? Do you just want to get rid of him? Do you build around him? Um, quick answer here, because in the second half, we're going to talk with everybody about what their major move is going to be for the rest of this season, aside from having Jerry Reinsdorf sell the Chicago White Sox. Uh, let's start with Dante, because, you know, <laughs> he's a man of the hour. Uh, what are you going to do with Johan Moncada, Dante? Considering that there's no better option, in my opinion, we keeping him. He should stay. Yeah, and that's fair. Quick, so that's all I'll say. That's fair. Ryan, um, what's happening with Yohan? Uh, he stays contract alone. Nobody's taking that. Yeah, okay. That, that, that's, a, that's a fair point. I, that is a fair point to bring up. <sighs> $24 million next year. Uh, Tommy Barbie, uh, what are you doing with Yohan Mankata? I, I'm keeping him. I, I think that you hope that he has one of those breakout years like he had a few years ago where they can possibly trade him, but chances are he's just going to live out that contract until they can get an option out of him. Okay. Uh, first, I need the hat identified. Second, I need to know what you're doing with Yohan Moncada, Maliki Hayes. Uh, please let me know both questions. Oh, this is uh, this is my old college hat. It's um, oh well, represent. It's, it's you know I feel prouder wearing it now than I did anything <laughs> with the White Sox, and it, trust me, it's often easy to not be proud of wearing my college. Well, hat, so, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> all right, on the scale, fair. All, all, all that being said, uh, yo yo on a stang. So okay, it's my all right. Take. Um. I would be interested to see what you could get. I mean, I've I've been behind them like I think probably all of you have been. Um, you know, the anti meatball take. I'd be curious just to see because I'm I'm just not sure I see the corner being turned by uh, Yuan. Okay, Malachi, right back to you. It's Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn has an eighteen million dollar club option for twenty twenty four. He has a negative. 0.4 war. Not that that really plays into any of this because the White Sox, after all, who cares about the war? They're 23 and 35. So none of these guys are really contributing to wins for the White Sox. But Malachi, what are you doing with Lance? Uh, for the rest of the year, he's staying for the rest of the year. But okay. uh, yeah, you can't you can't pick up that option. If, if okay. That wasn't a dead question. Okay. All right. So, I mean, yeah, really the, the hair splitting here, given that he probably isn't coming back and don't want to answer for everybody else, but uh, is maybe whether or not you do try to unload him for whatever try to play off one good start and say hey you know uh detroit do you need this guy uh okay tommy uh what are you doing with lance lynn this year and next year i mean if it's possible to trade him i absolutely would even if it's for a low level prospect i think it's worth um trying to get something out of him because i he's the kind of guy i know he's been terrible mm -hmm. i would not be surprised yeah. if he ends up popping up on the Rays or something mm -hmm. like that and ends up having a good half mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get like a Tim Belcher vibe. The White Sox exactly. grabbed him yeah. for like, was that 93 or whatever it was. And he actually didn't pitch very well, but then in the ALCS, uh, he did. He, he was solid. He, yeah. Yeah. He had a killer game. Um, uh, okay. Uh, this is giving me an idea for next, but I need to know from Ryan, what you're doing with Lancelin, I guess this year and next. 
Well, if he makes it to the trade deadline, if he's not designated for assignment first, okay. right. I'll just put that out there. Okay, the Keuchel approach. Sure. He, okay. He's awful. He is Dallas Keuchel version two right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am trading him for whoever wants to take the rest of his money this year. There's absolutely no way in hell I'm picking up that option. He looks cooked to me. So, however, I can rid him off this team. Yeah. Sorry, Lance. Bye. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, Dante, it seems to be we, we have sort of a, a a movement here, but are you going to go against it? You're going to stick with what everybody else is sort of going with. Oh, I'm not going against this one. I literally just watched this my picks. That's true. That's, yeah, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to bring it up to you. I, lo- I love Big Bastard. He is like a great human, it seems, all those things. Um, he doesn't have it anymore, and it happens. That man is 35 years old. He's been doing this in the major since 2011. People forget him and LaRusso, the whole connection because of the 2011 yeah. Cardinals championship. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lance. Thank you for your service, but um, yeah, you got to go now. Yeah, and minute. that's if you can unload him. If you can, yeah, and if you can't, you got to go to the pen. <laughs> yeah, maybe. well, that implies there's a starter. Where are they? Well, okay, that's all. That's probably another podcast. You, you make a good point. I don't yeah. know if they have a backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. Yeah, plan. Jerry's gonna say we're paying them eighteen million. Oh, you eat those innings. Um, okay, let me cut in away from the players and let's just go. This might be a really quick uh, uh, set of prompts here, but uh, is it? Uh, is it presumed? I know Tommy's been preaching this probably from preseason. This might have been in the predictions podcast, but uh, is it presumed that, let's say, at this point, uh, Jerry has issued a directive to shed? Uh, I think, I mean, you can go either way on this. Um, Dante, do you think that's out there that that it's already, you know, cut costs, cut cut money, or is is it still maybe up in the air uh, whether to cut yet? As much as I want to say, I think the cutting is going to start soon. Knowing this franchise, it's up in the air for now. Okay. It, should, it probably shouldn't be up in the air. And they're probably going to, when they finally get to a close cutting, they'll probably cut the wrong people. <laughs> you'll probably see, like, everybody's like, it'll be Lance Lynn or Lucas Giolito, and then it's Dylan Cease going to yeah. the Dodgers because they yeah. need a starter or something yeah. extremely idiotic. Mm, that's God. what I expect because that's what the team has made me expect for yeah. us. 27 years of my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Let's hope not. Cause they don't have a lot of assets to play around with. Ryan, uh, do you think it's a, do you think it's already out there that uh, they're in cost cut mode or are they still play- six and a half games out? Are they still uh, sort of kicking the can around a little bit? I, I genuinely think they're going to cut costs. Okay. Like, whether it's been a direct edict already or it's JR going to be like, well, you know, you got to fire my boy. And you flop, so now we now we're gonna now we're gonna save money. Yeah, it could um, go either way, but it it wouldn't surprise me if he's if he's already like hinting at that. Yeah, direction. Yeah, uh, again, Tommy, I think last year you might have been saying this. Certainly earlier yeah. this year you were. So I guess I know your answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason why half of the MLB writers are already talking about um, the White Sox selling at the trade deadline they all know that at this point in time given the way things are going it's it's as good as done yeah they're they're gonna sell yeah yeah white Sox like to feed those little morsels out there i mean it's not just nightingale they like to throw that out there so yeah when you read it it's not like somebody just decided to make up stuff 
about the White Sox. Now, Maliki, uh, is it already out there that uh, cut, 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 uh, or is are, are, are we just uh, feeling with our 23 and 35 guts that it's already out there? I think they don't know any more than we do. Mm, okay. I think if they win two series in a row, if they win four mm. out of six, they're fucking back and they're buying at yeah. the deadline. And if they drop yeah. three or four, four straight times to the AL Central, yeah. then I guess we're selling. I don't know. Ask yeah. me. I mean, the answer is obvious, but <laughs> right. I don't, we're not going to get any concrete signs until like July 1st. So, right. you know. All right. Uh, to okay to continue to then to prolong this uh, play around Robin with Jade. Another question doesn't have anything to do with players. Uh, I don't know if well Dante. I'm fairly certain you weren't around for it. But what are the memories uh, that anybody else has of the white flag trade? I recall it. Uh, I remember thinking it was odd, but I also remember shrugging my shoulder and saying, they're not catching Cleveland. I want to think that Cleveland was playing below its potential. I know the White Sox were close, but I'm not sure it was because the White Sox had hope and optimism. I think it's because Cleveland was just sleepwalking through the season. I might have that wrong. I remember not being shocked and sort of not ticked off about it. You look back on it now and think, that's weird, but it it, it didn't freak me out the way it's gone down sort of so infamously. Uh other memories of that, given that I guess we can, I mean, this isn't even close to the same situation, but they're only six and a half out. So you could sort of like, you know, try to drag the White Sox on some other white flag thing if they if they make some big trades here like tomorrow. Yeah, I think the thing for me is that it was the first, I, I think the reason why it stirred so many people is that it was the first time really in White Sox history recently where Jerry clearly indicated that he had zero faith in the direction of this team and cut his losses. Um, Even when like the Sox got rid of Tommy and everything else to kind of dismantle the core in the late two thousands, that was like after they had been mathematically eliminated and it was clear that they weren't going to pull it together. So, I mean, he he's always been kind of the, the last person, if you will, to actually, give the green light to say, all right, this isn't working. Let's, let's kind of clear things out. And, you know, the, the White Sox had a lot of faith in, in hoping that Mike Caruso would turn into something. He didn't really turn into anything. Um, yeah. They got a couple of good guys out of it, but when you look at what they traded and what they got out of it, it wasn't really, it wasn't a meaningful trade at the time other than the philosophy. And in retrospect, I think it just looks even stranger um, that they made the trade that they did. Cause it just is weird that they were like, all right, we're, we're not that far out, but we're giving up and here's our best talent that still has a ton of time left. And we'll just take some young guys and, and hopefully try yeah. to figure it out. Did everybody hear how cool Tommy Barbie was when he even mentioned Mike Crusoe? They're like, yeah, he didn't really pan out. I could just see what Tommy Barbie and a little tiny tear as he just didn't become the shortstop of the future and the heir apparent Ozzie Gian. There's a reason why I use him as the icon for (laughs) all of my online activity because he symbolizes the false hope of a prospect. In White Sox lore, there is yeah. no greater representation of putting too many eggs in the basket of a prospect that just really was bad. Like he couldn't field his position yeah. for anything. And it was just, I find it hilarious in retrospect, but you know, at the time, it's just, 
they put a lot of money and in time and resources into making him work out. It just didn't work. Yeah. And to the White Sox credit, I mean, until, until this rebuild, I mean, the White Sox have never been like, you know, prospect whores. I mean, it's a, it yeah. was a pretty rare move. That's like, it oh, Mike Crusoe is going to save us. Uh, that was very much against the grain. And that was even, you know, that predates Ken going for it, getting his man, you know, Williams, who would never, never do such a thing. Um, any other white flag memories? Because uh, those are I, weird times. I was living in D.C. at the time, and, and like this was pre-internet. So I only watched from afar and have very, very vague memories of it. Like the media reaction, I think, in the Tribune was pretty bad. Yeah. But I don't really have – I didn't have an attachment to the team because post-94, I was pretty done with baseball for a while. Uh, I just I – just, it's a struggle for me to see it as a – like on par comparison between now and then. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, true. it seems weird to me that people bring it up and try to make the yeah. comparison because I don't think they really fit. Yeah. 23 and it 35. It doesn't fit teams. at all. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, ticked off Ventura. I mean, I think he wasn't going to leave, not that the White Sox were going to pay him, but the fact that he fought his way back from having his leg pointed in the wrong direction, a miraculous rehab to get back on the field and then have, the front office uh, give up on the team. That's that's, that's what I message. remember the most is because Robin was my favorite player growing up. Yeah, yeah. And he was out and he was fighting yeah. to come back. Yeah. And his like, I think he, some line he said like something in the paper. He was just like, I fought all the way back just for them to trade me. It, it felt like betrayal. It was something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then of course Reinsdorf in 2000 rubbing everybody's face in it like, well, I guess the white. Tra-. I mean, I granted, I know he wants to like cover and make it seem like you know his decisions were, weren't you know ever terrible, but that that whole like weird, he's done that on in, in a few instances. He was like going after Harry Carey in '83, yep. and uh, in 2000 he's like, yeah, looked like the white trade white flag trade worked out. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> okay, old man, whatever. Which so I why- hate to hear what he's gonna hear. Yeah, yeah, which is why the revisionist history just bothers me because like nobody from the 2000 team that was not the core from the white flag trade. Those were guys that were already in the system or guys that they acquired in minor league deals that happened to work out. It had nothing to do with getting, you know, Bob Howry, uh, you know, that, that wasn't the reason why the 2000 team was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, back to players. Why not? Um, uh, sorry for the, uh, the detour down memory lane for you youngsters, uh, Maliki. And Dante, but those things really happened. And the White Sox, uh, the Bulls won six titles, Dante. Uh, okay, Liam Hendricks has a club option. When I looked it up, it's a 15 million. I thought it was 18 million, but maybe that's some of the bonus, whatever. 15 million. It's a lot of millions. It's going to be paid out either 1 million at a time. He's going to get that money a million at a time, 10 cents at a time. I don't know how they've structured the contract, but it's weird. The, the White Sox do have the right of refusal. He doesn't have to pitch for him, but they'll pay him either way. So it seems like a no brainer on a number of levels that Liam Hendricks sticks with the club, but uh, Tommy, we'll start with you. Uh, does Liam Hendricks uh, play on this team in 2024? He does. Yeah. I, I Like you said, I think based on how the contract is structured, which it still doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know if this is like a <laughs> Bobby Bonilla type contract or what the hell's going on, but yeah, I, you might as well have him pitch. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> You're paying him, uh, you know, they're already paying enough guys to sit at home. Uh, Maliki is uh, Liam Hendricks on the team in 2024. Do you try to train him this year to get something for him? I mean, you know, th- there's that option too. Um, he, He's on the team. Yeah. 
Okay. You're gonna That's easy. find a theme in, in the words that come out of my mouth before long. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. The tea leaves are out. Um, uh, Ryan is uh, Liam Hendricks on the team in 2024. As much as it pains me to say, no, I think he is. He is the one thing that they could actually get some value out of. And as 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 many tears as I shed the other day when he when he came back, I think. I think he's top of the trading block and he's going to be the first one to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an unreasonable thought. Dante, uh, what are your thoughts about Liam? Um, I think he's here because at this point, who else in the bullpen besides what him and Raylo are worth keeping? Oh, I guess Gregory Santos too. He's been pretty solid. Kendall Graveman. It doesn't exist. Does exist. I don't know at times. (laughs) Um, Joe Kelly is a walking injury at mm. some point. He, like most of the White Sox, you might as well keep Liam Hendricks. Who, if he is, if he returned the way he was, is one of the five best closers in baseball. Probably, mm-hmm. you kind of should keep that if you yeah. are not going to have anything else for yeah. fans to look forward to seeing. Yeah, I can see in a cost-cutting move, even in a division this week, that that Jerry will at least say, "See what you can get," because that's whatever, 18, whatever it would end up being, 18, 20-something million, I don't have to pay him. I can pay Gregory Santos less than $1 million to do the same thing, right? It's just that easy, Jerry. Uh, Tim Anderson has a $14 million option in that very club-friendly extension he signed, although you could argue he signed it before he had really done anything. Minus 0.4 war, having real struggles this year. A lot of criticism for Tim. We wonder why, uh, but uh, it, it still is a... A question to answer. Uh, Dante, right back to you. Is Tim Anderson on the team? Is he a guy that you shop this year to see what you can get? Uh, what's it going to be for Tim? Um, so I'm starting to think of Tim the same way I started to think of um, Jose Abreu last year in the sense that I don't think they're going to resign him. Therefore, if you're not going to resign the player, trade the player, get something mm-hmm. for him. I don't want them to trade Tim Anderson. He is still one of, if not my favorite, White Sox. So I would like for him to be in this team's uniform for his entire career. But also, between the way the team's been the entire time he's been here, the way fans have treated him while he's been here, mm-hmm. and the way that, like like I said, they're too cheap. They're not going to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. Tim's probably going to get a 100 mil plus deal, which he deserves, mm-hmm. as much as people won't, will pretend he doesn't, in my opinion. But he's, he's staying. I mean, he's gone. I think he's yeah. gone, like – Funny enough, July 31st was the anniversary of the white flag trade because as a youngster, I had to look it up. So, <laughs> so might as well do white flag too, except it will not go. It'll hopefully go better on the back end than white flag one did. Also, Jerry, <sighs> you got swept in three games. You do not get to gloat about getting swept in three games in 2000. <laughs> in 2000 oh, after, Three years after. And no badly. one was still on, the team by 20, on yep. any of those teams. By yep. 2010. Yep. Thanks. Wikipedia. Yeah, 2005, for God's sake, practically. Uh, yeah, badly outmanaged. Sorry, Jerry Emanuel. Badly outmanaged in that series. Uh, Malachi Hayes, I guess we, I, I can I can imagine your answer if there's a theme here, but uh, Tim Anderson, you keep him around for $14 million in 2024? Does anyone else know how to play shortstop in this fucking organization? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. There is a theme. I figured out what the theme. Jake Berger. Are we waiting for Colson Montgomery to come up with something? I don't know at this point. No one's gonna play shortstop except there'll be Colson Montgomery coming up two years too soon or something. Mm. 
and yeah. Lynn, Leanne Sosa and Romy Gonzalez attempting. They'll probably all combine to get 15 home runs this season. Yeah. Well, um, let me tell you, you better open your eyes and get ready for that defensive nightmare because he, he's the first one out, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I think he is the only player that's in this list that you can get legitimate prospects mm. out of. And I don't think it will be Rick Hahn that makes those decisions. Mm. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Mm. But I do think that that will be the directive is get this fixed as quickly as possible because this shit isn't working. Mm. And it will be Tim that will help kind of bring in some guys to kind of right that ship. Yeah. He's been the, the flashpoint of this team all along. Usually or exclusively for good reasons, flipping off Cleveland. Well, we can't get him angry at him for flipping off Cleveland fans either. (laughs) He has not done a lot wrong on the field. Uh, And yeah, but so he'll be the flashpoint maybe on the way out. That's not a bad theory at all, Tommy. Uh, Ryan, do you think uh, Tim sticks around? Uh, Tim is just waiting to be fitted for for Dodger Blue. Hmm. Um, There's a reason why they signed uh, what's his face, Elvis Andres. Uh, there's there's a reason why Elvis Andres hasn't been cut yet, either <laughs> being being grossly over outplayed by Romy Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, Elvis Andres is your starting shortstop <laughs> the remainder of this year and probably for the next two until Colton Montgomery's ready. In case you think it can't get worse than being the third worst team in baseball, strap it down. Uh, okay, uh, one more name before we get to free agents, and that's uh, Joe Kelly, $9.5 million option. Luke Smales, favorite, favorite reliever, pet reliever of Luke Smales, our colleague at Southside Sox. Uh, $9.5 million club option, 0.1 war, which, believe it or not, like puts him on the good side of this team. Uh, but, boy, it's been a long time coming and a lot of millions already spent. Um, hey, Maliki, I want to know, is Joe Kelly on the team – second half of this year i don't care for joe kelly Um, (laughs) look it's been three years now and brett i know how you feel about the astros and like deservedly so can we admit now that kelly i know he made the funny face at carlos he was kind of the bad guy in that scenario he threw 102 (laughs) miles an hour in his head like he was absolutely in the wrong there. Yeah. I have oh, no yeah. use for Joe Kelly. I know he's been pitching yeah. okay lately, but like he seems kind of a douche, honestly. Yeah, I failed to see the, the logic in the 20 million or whatever it was for a guy who's gonna maybe give you 40 games a year, but and that's if he's pitching good. So I guess this is good, Maliki. This is good, so but you're not happy about that though. Yeah. Right. I mean yeah, I could <laughs> Pitcher to pitcher, he's a well, dick. There you go. That's fine. I can't That's wait fine, to see Maliki. which. I I can't wait to see. You know, they'll trade him, trade him for like a first round pick from eight years ago, who's been in Double A for six years, and I'll be happy. How about that? Like, let's find, let's find the new Cody Medeiros, Blake Rutherford. That's what Joe Kelly's purpose on this team is, as far as Car- Carson Fulmer's an angel, and he's pitching. He's pitching again. The way he did, I mean, you brought that up to us. He was know? arguably pitching while he was on the White Sox, too. But I mean, yeah. he was, he was, <laughs> he was. He just was listening. I guess he made the mistake of listening to the White Sox, which we know now for sure. Maybe then we thought, well, I don't know, maybe you should listen. But I think we know now that was the wrong move. Uh, Tommy Barbie is Joe Kelly going to remain on the team for this season or be picked up for next year? 
No, he will be also gone at the trade deadline. I mean, okay. basically, I think everyone will be gone. Every, but anybody yeah, who he, can go be yes. gone. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a position, and it's probably not the wrong position. Ryan, is Joe Kelly going to be on the team much longer or in 2024? He gone. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm with all of you there. I didn't like him in the first place, but so I certainly don't like him now. Uh, Dante Jones, are you going to cut against the grain here, or is Joe Kelly sent packing? The sooner the better. <laughs> I am. I'm tired of that man. I was cool with him in 2020 because he was funny. And memes are a thing that pops me real good. I'm I am good on him. He like you say, he barely pictures. We pictures until recently. He hasn't been phenomenal or even good most of the time. Mm-hmm. He if he if he's gone like by the end of June for cash considerations and a low level prospect, we good. I'm good yeah. at this point. I yeah. do not need to see Joe Kelly like in a White Sox uniform anymore yeah. for him mid and as. As Malachi said, he needs to grow up at some point, please. Yeah. <laughs> I think that day is gone. He's like 35 He's or whatever. I, think it's like, I, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember who it was on Twitter who said it, but it's like every time they, when Johnny Cueto does a bunch of shimmying and like messing with timing and funny stuff on, on the mound when he's delivering, I'm like, yo, this is great. Do more of that. And when Joe Kelly does it, I'm like, can you just fucking throw the ball, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't and, know. It's something about it. It's just um, relievers. The, the, difference, are the difference is Joe Kelly isn't usually nearly as good as Johnny Cueto has been at any point. Yeah. Even in 2022, when we got, Johnny Cueto, White Sox savior, even though he was good, not great. It's still like I still rather have that version of Johnny Cueto for more money than Joe Kelly than we got Joe yeah. Kelly for. Yeah, and to Malachi's point about the Astros and the Dodgers there and that uh, that the face, uh, you know, it's possible like a like a Cowboys Packers game or a Cardinals Cubs game. It's, you don't have to always root for one team. You can just hope. That the, the the stadium gets flooded and the game has to be canceled. You don't have to watch it anymore. And that would be a case where I'd say I just rather have neither. Uh, it is possible. That's how I would have voted, or probably was voting. I probably wasn't watching that nonsense because the Astros really. Uh, okay, free agents. Uh, we'll end the speed round here with free agents. The three free agents. I think the significant three free agents, if not the only free free agents. Lucas Giolito, one point two WAR, having that salary drive year. Sort of, quote, unquote. I guess that's what salary drive year is. Still probably going to get him his nine figures. Yeah, nine figures. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, free agent, minus 2.2 war. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, not having the salary drive year. Forced into a position. I guess he wasn't really ready to pitch, but are we really going to get that sensitive toward our relievers that a guy can't just pitch the ninth instead of the eighth? I know. I know. The game is, uh, I know. It's the mind games. It's the closer world. I tend to devalue relievers. Maybe you've heard that before. Oh, that's right. Me and Malachi have had that debate before. None of them in the Hall of Fame. Uh, minus 0.3. War. All three agents. Uh, Lucas, I don't think it's going to be a matter of choice for the White Sox. I think he's just gone, but uh, any of these three, uh, you know, shout it out if you think any of these three are going to be pursued by the White Sox, want to come back, uh, anything like that. Are those three just trimmed from the roster uh, at the end of the year, if not earlier? Raylo, I see sticking around. Uh, he just hasn't performed well enough for anybody to, to throw money at him. 
So the Y Sox will probably retain him on a one-year deal. Okay. Uh, if Yaz survives the rest of the year without being DFA'd, I will be surprised. Uh, and and as for uh, as for Geo, they'll try to trade him. They won't like the packages, and they'll lose him for nothing because oh god, they they couldn't get anything. They couldn't get what oh. they want out of him. Okay. So he's walking at the end of the year. All right, now I want to stop the goddamn podcast. Now I'm angry. If they can't even pull that off. What's the next team going to be? Oh. I mean, we're talking about Rick Hahn here. I mean, have yeah, we seen this level of incompetence before? I know, right? It, it won't be his choice. And this is exactly Ooh, why. Yeah, there's a theme here. There's a theme with Tommy, too. Uh, all right. Uh, so, okay, let's. Lucas is the only guy who really could, could fetch something. Um, so then, uh, is he traded during the year? And. We know Ryan's answer is the package going to be um, successful. Dante, are they going to actually get some for Lucas or are they going to try and keep them? Or, or what's your thoughts? Um, so I'm a big, if you screw a guy over, try to screw a guy over in arbitration, they will screw you over when it's free agency time. Um, I think the White Sox are going to try to trade him. The issue is that, again, it's Rick Hahn and Ken Williams running the show. And I don't know if Ken Williams has the fastball he had five, ten years ago, so whatever on that. I, I hope they get a package for him because, mm-hmm. as everybody else has said, that man's walking. Yeah. So, like, and it's going to be hilarious to me because there are going to be so many people that think they're happy that he's gone, and then you're going to have a rotation that's <laughs> Dylan Cease and a bunch of maybes. And then in a few years, Dylan Cease walks because, again, the White Sox just do not have – any idea on how to run a baseball team in the 21st century. Dante, that's podcast uh, 258. We'll get to that. Believe me, we're going to lament losing Dylan C soon enough. Let's not do it yet. And don't besmirch Jesse Schultons, please. Oh, wait. Uh, you know, and Dante, they fought, they fought over, what was it? $40,000. I mean, yeah, I know. that's a oh, lot of money. Come on. It was my first Southside Sox article. So he was just lead of arbitration. That's right. Even had to um, look at some stuff from his dad. Also, for a record, if they mess up the Geo trade and the Tim trade, that both of which I think are coming, just don't even fire Rick and Kenny and tell Jerry to sell the team, as my shirt says. Just put them in Lake Michigan and see if they can swim. <laughs> All right, it's taking a turn. Might be time for a break. Not quite yet. Um, yeah, or just give the keys to Shohei. Say, Shohei, the team is yours. I mean, I know it doesn't work that way. Um, Maliki, are they going to get anything from for Lucas? <laughs> Have you? I mean, <laughs> even I mean, you could pass if they do trade him, which mm-hmm. I actually don't think they will. Genuinely, okay. um, okay. not just beyond my my principle. I. I, I don't see, you know, two month rentals, unless you're like a legit ace, you get, you get a lottery ticket or someone who's not mm-hmm. a difference maker. And we know not just based like pretty much per knowledge of how the organization works and operates. It's not like they've got a gun bunch of guys. They're not like the Yankees or the Rays or the Dodgers, you know, yeah. with a bunch of guys crunching numbers in their cave or whatever, like looking at the team saying, Hey, this guy, you know, this is a prospect in double a, he's maybe not like the numbers aren't there or he's got some interesting things we think we should do. It's like, Hey, let's go get him. If you're going to trade him, let's get a guy that we could, that's not happening. You know? Mm-hmm. So if they, I, I don't think they will trade him for reasons I could, I can get into in a bit with some of the other guys, but um 
it's just hard to see, even if it was a competent GM at the wheel, the market, the market's not great for a, you know, maybe he's maybe a number three playoff starter on the team that really wants to win a world series. So get what you will for that. I don't know. I don't think you're getting enough worth to, to, you know, I, I say it ironically, but I think it's a situation where, getting a qualifying offer rejected and whoever you can get with the 40th pick in the draft mm, next year is okay. probably going That's to be true. better than whoever you're yeah. going to get for him That's next it. month. So. And plus you get like two more months and then, and then maybe he can get the standing ovation at the end of the year that Jose Abreu apparently didn't want or wasn't given, whatever that was. Boy, you know, I thought this, I thought just initiating this with my notes, it was going to be a depressing podcast, but I have to credit my four guests. They've made it even more depressing. We have deaths in Lake Michigan. We have not even been able to trade Lucas Giolito because he ain't worth nothing. Uh, okay, well, we're going to take a break. I think I'm going to come back. If this seat's vacated, uh, just one of you take over because I guess we got to finish the podcast. It is uh, podcast number 147 on Sox Populi. Uh, we'll be back. Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here. I am hosting Sox Populi podcast number 147. Can you believe it? Every one of the 146 before this have been just as optimistic, just as happy, just as excited and excitable as this one. So I know you're enjoying listening to this. And let's continue a theme. Uh, We're going to do less. I can't really call it a speed round. We managed to drag that out really well with, again, throwing people into Lake Michigan, handing keys to the franchise to show you Otani, white flag trades, uh, and just some some themes that are just scary not ones you should be thinking of discussing in the middle of a contention window can we finally close the window i think we're finally breaking and papering over the window by now but i'll keep bringing it up because it's just like picking a scab and what else does a podcast do but pick scabs okay what i want to know from my panel as we wind this up i guess we'll see how we can drag out the pain but for this 23 and 35 397 winning percentage team. Again, it is possible to have a 397 winning percentage because the White Sox have it. I want to know what the move is. Are you making sure to hold on to a guy? I don't know. They got loose Robert for 100 years. They don't have Dylan Cease for 100 years. Don't know if they even want Dylan Cease for 100 years. Um, Could be holding on to a guy. Could be trading a guy that we're not expecting. Could be trading a guy right now, maybe to jump the market. Rick Hahn likes to do that to whatever success. What's the move that you make? The first move you make or the most important move you make, again, selling to team doesn't count because we all know that's our number one choice, every one of us. And all of you listening out there, you know that's your number one choice. Uh, Malachi, can I start with you to find out what the move you feel needs to be made? It could be coaching. It could be, I don't know, it could be a new concession food. I don't know. We can get crazy. Um, what does it need to be? Like to win more games? <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm at a point now, and it's kind of in line with the rest of my philosophy here. I think you just got to ride this one out. I, I think this is a lose, lose, lose. Um, I see. And I think, I don't know if there's a move that you can make during this season right now that is going to make the future look any better than it okay. does right now okay between you can't get you don't have 26 you don't have chris sale you can't get a yo on moncada michael kopeck yeah. you know yeah. um you don't have the infrastructure to you know make the most out of less highly touted prospects who other um we might not know about so 
write it out. Let me watch the fun players and figure it out in September, you know, mm-hmm. or in October, yeah. November, whenever yeah. they get around to clearing the house. So can you imagine, Malachi, if if that happens or when that happens, the howls there will be for doing nothing? I mean, again, it may be it may could very well be the smartest, especially if your sense of the market is accurate uh, and, and nothing's going to I mean, not that the White Sox have delicious assets to send out there, but, you know, to, to squeeze any value out, uh, it's if we think it's tough now. It's going to be a miserable end of the season if this team is playing 400 ball. And, and, you know, nothing but the obvious DFA or two happens. So mm-hmm. it's going to be rough one way or the other, really. Um, it's a lose, lose, lose. That's... Yeah, lose, lose, lose. It's a theme. Uh, Tommy, what's the move you're making? Uh, I know you've had you got a line up like dominoes, and you've had it that way <laughs> since April. But what's been the one that you've been itching or, or thinking, predicting is going to happen. Is there one that sort of tr- triggers maybe a floodgate? Cause I think uh, as opposed to Maliki, you, you are thinking there is going to be some action. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to start it off by saying, I agree with everything that Maliki is saying. I just don't think it matters because I think Jerry has made the directive of selling the team and he's made his mind up in terms of this is what he wants. Um, he has the new media deal with the new stadium contract that he's probably going to turn into some sort of Sox media franchise. So you're looking at 2025, 2026 that they're looking at in terms of the new window. (laughs) And my honest opinion is that I think what I think will happen genuinely is that Rick Hahn and Pedro Griffel will get fired. Kenny Williams will come in to clean up the mess with the intention of just trading everyone that they can possibly trade. And his role will be the transition GM just to set them up for the near future. And I I think that that's really, I don't think it's a great way forward, but I think that's the only way that you get out of this cycle because they don't have any real prospects and the guys that they do have are still several years off. They don't have the good quality fringe, you know, can somebody break through into the majors type of talent that most teams have. And they have a whole bunch of veterans that just don't do anything on a club that's going nowhere fast. So I think that you just cut your losses. You get as much revenue as you can in the next few years you got the new media deal that's going to come through the pipeline, and that's where I think the White Sox are going. Mm-hmm. Bless you, Malachi. Uh, the um, I think that's I I think that is playing. I I think I actually did say that Ken Williams is going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. And then he's going to yeah. and then he's going to you know then he'll retire. You know he's going to yep. he'll work for the Raiders or whatever. Um, but yeah, I do think he's like the the guy that Jerry. I mean, yeah, he's not going to call somebody else. And I'll take it one step further. I'll say the new GM is still named Ken Williams. He's just not that Ken Williams, but ah, that's another podcast and it's another depressing podcast. So let's not talk about that yet. Um, Okay. Ryan, uh, the move, the move that triggers other moves, the move that. Wow. Where, where do I go from, from Tommy? (laughs) See, I agree with Tommy 100%. That's what they should do. I just don't believe it's going to happen. I think, I mean, they're going to sell off some parts. They're going to dumpster dive. They're going to paper over the cracks and they're going to ride it out, uh, pretend it can contend 
while cutting costs and profiting. Uh, Jerry doesn't have the stomach for another rebuild. Um, Rick Hahn, I think, God, I would fire him today. I would relieve him of his duties. That's my move. Okay. Uh, anything that comes after that, God only knows. I have no idea what this team is going to do. I have no idea. Like, it's unpredictable. I would love for Tommy to be right, but I think I think they hand the keys to Chris. Chris gets, and and uh. Jerry says, "Keep us afloat." I don't want it to be that way, but like I've been watching this team for thirty years, you know, like. I just don't see. I just don't see the bright, shining light of optimism that says they're going to sell and they're going to rebuild. They're going to do anything. I think. I think Rick got his one shot, <laughs> one spectacularly. <laughs> so they're going to go back to the, the old days of just feeling and papering together and. Reinsdorf Stadium Empire has broken into your audio. It's breaking up. It's clearly made. It's they do not want. The audience, the vast audience for Sox Populi is not supposed to hear the dangerous truth you're telling them right now. They're trying to cut you off. But I will point out that I just threw out a depressing scenario of Ken Williams Jr. as the new GM. And you just trumped me by saying that Chris Getz is going to be the guy. Wow. Come on. Oh, man. I don't ever want to do a podcast again. Okay. Well, Dante, in the Swan Song of Podcasts, as the delightful Brett Valentini, as host for Sox Populi, as we say goodbye forever, uh, Dante Jones, what is the move that's going to happen? Maybe it's no move. Malachi could be right. Maybe it's no move. Uh, what do you think is going to happen um, first or maybe should happen first? All right. So my expectation, because, again, we're talking about a stupid franchise, is that – they're going to trade Tim Anderson. That's going to be the okay. move. All Tim right. Anderson, I hope you like Dodger Blue. He got him and Mookie Best will be a platoon, second, third thing. I mean, second, short thing. That's going to be fun. I might even get a Tim Anderson um, Dodger jersey. And the other thing that I think is going to happen is that um, I think we're going to see at some point in a, a little bit of an extinction given out to a certain, um, a certain center fielder. That um some fans were telling me isn't that good and should have been traded, and then he decided to tell them to shut the fuck up as they should. Okay. All right. So, okay. um, if you see Luis Robert extension in the news at some point, okay. just know I said it first. All right. That's that's a, that will be a White Sox move to extend a guy they've already got through the end of the decade, like for the whole next other decade. That, exactly. would, be, that would be White Sox. All right. We, we've we've all been watching this team for. At least twenty years, so you know. The, if, watch them do the thing that makes the least sense, because why not? Meanwhile, Tim Anderson, as everybody said, has said here, is the best option at shortstop for White Sox. I don't think the free agent market is even going to be good enough to figure that out either. So, Tim's going to be gone. Geo's probably going to be gone, but if he's not gone, then he's walking because he's another one. Like I said, arbitration. You fucking got arbitration. A guy's probably going to leave. Yeah. And um, we'll go from there being miserable and probably somehow being only the second worst team in baseball because the A's exist. <laughs> uh, advice from a retiring podcast host, very modest, modest man, to the White Sox. If you extend Luis Robert Jr. through, say, age 40, then maybe don't at the first sniff of him not hustling, maybe you don't send word up to the press box to embarrass that player uh, and say that he's not hustling and that's why he's being sat. 
just advice. I think that'd be the way you'd want to run any company, even a baseball team, but that's just me. I see the logic in what Maliki laid out, uh, but I do think like some of you others have hinted, Jerry would like to spend zero more money ever again. Um, I know that's extreme. He wants to spend a little money. You got to pay like the vendors and stuff. But uh, yeah, I think he wants to cut it to the bone and cut it to the bone as soon as possible. I think probably the memo's already out. If it isn't, it will be. And I think he's looking at the team and says, you know what? I can pay $50 million for a payroll that wins 40% of its games. Right, Rick? Oh, wait, Rick, you've already been fired. Ghost of Rick? And Ghost of Rick will nod his head and say, yeah, sure. Me, Chris. Sure. Look at the A's. Sure. Stop with the Chris. If Chris gets as a GM, I mean, you know, it's not like the Ricketts buying the team, but I mean, I don't know what I can do. If Chris, 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 Chris Getz won't be the GM. Robin Ventura will be the GM before Chris <laughs> Getz. There, there's no way in hell. We said, said there's no way in hell Tony Lewis would become a manager. I know, because to Tony, Tony and Jerry were here. tight, though. Chris yeah. Getz does not have that type of clout. He doesn't yeah, have I would also much rather have Tony Lewis the manager than Chris Getz the GM. If Chris Getz is the GM... I'm just going to go grab my Brewers cap and go from there. Oh, yeah. That's hey, Treg. Like, Dante, I, I hate to break it for you, but you know who owns the Bulls. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the uh, This probably brings this um, brings us to the end of our broadcast day. Uh, were there other thoughts that need to be thrown out there about this team? I mean, we've covered a lot of ugliness. Um, welcome back, Liam. Thank God he's back. Uh, White Sox really needed that. Um, again, whether it contributes to a single win this season, they just need something like that, which is would be an argument for keeping them because they need somebody like that on this team. Make them the captain, for goodness sake. Um, I don't know what else is going on with the team. Any other thoughts about our Chicago White Sox before I retire as podcast host? Because apparently Chris Getz is going to be the new general manager of the White Sox, and I just don't think I can take it. Bring back the goo. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to say, I'm not going for credit here, but when we did our offseason picking a manager, I did pick Tadahito Gucci. And didn't happen, but that would be sort of cool. I don't know. Hey, if that could help us get Shohei. Not that that's how it works, but eh. we're desperate. We need something. Rick Hahn isn't going to be able to woo anybody, so... Uh, all right. Well, Sox Popular, 147. Uh, I don't know where to go from here because, boy, oh, boy, they've done a good job of running this team aground as it is. Again, not even playing 400 ball, uh, losing this latest series to the Angels. They have Detroit coming in after this off day. I hope you've enjoyed our broadcast uh, as much as you can enjoy it. Perhaps you've just uh, silently cackled to yourself if you've listened to all of our good observations that mirror, I'm sure, mirror some of yours. Now, Tommy Barbie, the insta-sell, Maliki Hayes on the other end saying, hey, this is not going to happen, and there's maybe not any point to it. Uh, we will see how, how it plays out. If it is the Maliki direction, I can just imagine this, this, the south side is going to get real spicy. And, you know, listen, it may still be the right move, but it almost seems like at this point you got to do something to do something because this team is – it's just no, uh, well, it's been the theme of every podcast. It's just, it's not worth watching. To watch you know, this theme. It's, uh, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, no, I trust me. I've been finished yeah, just, for a half hour. Just, I'm thinking, I, I almost wonder, I just almost wonder if we might actually be under 
counting how much, as much as they clearly like don't care about the bottom line, how much they actually care about bad press. And, you know, if they, if they do nothing, it's obviously going to be a shit show, but the fact that we are, you know, the White Sox and White Sox, I think White Sox fandom is kind of uniquely neurotic in a lot of ways. Um, team history, the small size of the fandom, whatever. But guys, the white flag trade was 26 years ago. I was still shitting my pants, you know, when <laughs> that was a thing. And we're what? Who still? What fan base ups, yeah. is still on stuff like that? You know what I mean? The fact that we are still talking about this now tells me I don't know if they can actually deal or if they want to deal with the heat of basically waving the white flag on this rebuild right now by going and trading some of these guys mm-hmm. on top of the fact that, you know, if there's, you, you can't, if, if you're going to do it, you can't let Rakan do it at this point, you know? Yeah, so. that's true. And that may be it. That really may be it. Yeah. Is it he, I mean, he's, he's still got the keys. If he's got the keys. You basically say, I don't even want you putting a guy on that. Well, they don't put any guys on IL, but I don't even want you to put a guy on IL. I can't trust you to do anything. So th- that may really be the prevailing notion here is like, until we make the move, until we clean the house, until we finish barely ahead of the Royals this year. Yeah. We ain't doing nothing. And th- th- that may be all right. I may be moving over to the Maliki uh, Hayes movement here. Sorry, Tommy, I abandoned you in the course of a podcast. I'm retiring anyway, whatever. <sighs> okay. This was fun. We will do it again. I promise soon. I think we have an off day on like Monday too. They're coming really fast and furious. The White Sox need them. Um, I don't know, before playing the Yankees or something? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Look at the schedules. Anybody look at the schedule anymore? It's just all pain. It's pain, pain, pain. P for pain, not WRL. Uh, anyhow, join us for more pain here with uh, Podcast 148. I might be here. I don't know. Maybe I'll just hand it to Crystal. Maybe Janice will take over. Tommy, hey, Maliki, uh, you know, I'm maybe taking auditions because I'm not sure that I can take this any longer. But thank you for being here with me, Ryan, Dante. Beautiful game. Way to go. I mean, I hate that you ushered in a loss, but I like I like how they lost, if it's possible to say it that way. I, mean, I was going to say, I got to see Shohei Otani hit two home runs in person. That was, that's it. Makes the game yeah. worth it. Yeah. Because it doesn't it doesn't make you a unicorn, but it's still pretty awesome. And as uh, you said, I never much. that's the only reason you have to look at the schedule, to see who's coming to town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Malachi, thanks for your thoughts as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening on the Fans First uh, Sports Network. Buy whatever we were advertising at the break uh, because what else you got to do? We're losing. You know, buy things. Soothe yourself. Uh, anyhow, I'm Brett Valentini. Maybe I'll be back next time. Maybe not. In a few days, again, as always, we'll be back probably sooner than you're ready for us. And I believe, believe me, we're going to hit you with just as hard-hitting observations and depression as we hit you with this time. So please put it on your calendar. Hold your breath. We'll be back soon.